How many sharks did we say we needed? It's a lot. Oh, Jeff's underwater. That's huge. That's huge. <laughs> and we're not talking about my mortgage either, are we? <laughs> Whoa, zing. Coming in hot. I like it. What's going on, Forrest? Jeff in Las Vegas. Good morning. Thanks for joining me to talk about Shark Week on Discovery Channel. Uh, man, you're. I want to be. I want to be you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. I've been watching your your series and your adventures, and I live vicariously through you. So I hope that's okay because uh, you're just a modern day incredible explorer. So congratulations on just your incredible accomplishments. Oh, thank you so much, man. Um, you know, it is a fantastic and beautiful world that is still filled with incredible creatures, contrary to what all of the, the media outlets might let you believe. <laughs> it's still packed with amazing animals, and at the forefront of those is sharks. And yeah. so very excited for Shark Week. It's like visiting New York City. You know, if you're not a native there, you'll never explore the whole city in your entire lifetime, right? There's always something <laughs> That's well, right. shark and that's one with a whole different kind of shark too, a very much <laughs> yeah. scarier one, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shark Week returns. You know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, the first ever master of ceremonies. Man, we're off to a great start. And your new series, you know, when great white sharks would launch out of the air to grab their prey, remember that that people took that by storm. Uh, and oh, the yeah. Your, and the theme of your new special, Island of Walking Sharks, the concept of what you discovered that just boggles the mind. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, those white shark guys think they're such a big deal because their sharks jump a little. Our sharks actually crawl out of the water. Um, however, they might not be quite as intimidating. So um, there is this group of sharks known as epaulets, which are, are walking cat sharks. They're a small benthic shark. They're only a couple feet long. And they use their pelvic and pectoral fins to sort of crawl like a salamander. And the belief is in Papua New Guinea, where three species exist, that those animals can not only do that along the sea floor, but will leave the ocean and crawl into tide pools to evade predators, to hunt, to feed. Um, however, this has never been confirmed by science and this has never been filmed. This is just sort of hearsay and rumors in, with, with amongst locals in Papua New Guinea. So my team and I, notorious for doing difficult expeditions, went to Papua New Guinea, a place that is criminally understudied and tried to zero in on figuring out whether or not any of the known three species of epaulets within the country were capable of actually leaving the water to walk on land. And so while the title is very grabby and, and, and flashy island of the walking sharks, the reality is there are these incredible creatures that we found out will indeed leave the water to walk on land under certain conditions. And you're not all talk, are you, Forrest? You actually got this on film, didn't you? That's probably where I'm supposed to say tune in to find out. That's it. Yes, no. I did. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, we live in a world of no spoilers. So absolutely tune in to find out. So, but you also call it a bamboo shark, right? Is that the same kind of? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the word bass, where there's like a whole bunch of different bass. So, you know, there's bamboo sharks, cat sharks, epaulet sharks. They're all sort of names, common names for the same group of animals. Now, Papua New Guinea, wasn't that a place in centuries past where cannibals lived? I think they had a reputation or no? And contrary to what certain literature will tell you, it still exists today. You know, in very remote corners of PNG, there is still isolated incidents of cannibalism. 
it's remote, it's incredibly tribal, it's so ge geographically diverse and just such a sparse and understudied place. It is one of the most difficult places that I think anybody could ever go to conduct any kind of field work. I mean, it is just a hazard day in and day out. You know, I always wondered with your travels around the globe, what is your favorite equipment to take with you? What would be the standard equipment for us that you would have to have with you? Oh, there's a couple things that I just cannot live without. A good knife. It doesn't matter what the situation is, just having a good knife, whether you're, you know, cutting yourself free from something or just need to quickly snip a line or whatever it is, a good knife. A good flashlight. I use this this thing called a night eyes that is just unbelievable. It's this big like spotlight beam where I can see animals up in the canopy from like a quarter mile away. Um, uh, something to purify water because no matter where we are, how long we're out there for, you gotta have fresh drinking water. You can go three weeks without food, but you can't go very long without water. So you always have to have a safe drinking source. And you know it's funny because we track with us these huge pieces of biological equipment, giant traps nets all the satellite stuff the tagging stuff and at the end of the day that's like add-on because what we really have to have with us is all of the essential tools for survival in these remote locations that'll just allow us to conduct field research well forrest congratulations island of walking sharks part of shark week july 27th on discovery channel discovery plus uh it's always a pleasure to talk to you and i can't wait to see what your next adventure is going to be thanks jeff Thank you.